Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and film podcast based out of Chico, California. My name is Max Bernardi. And I'm Johnny Summers, and we come to you from our recording caves of mystery and intrigue. Are you getting comfortable, by the way? You feel like this is our third week doing a, a totally separate thing. Are you are you settling into kind of your home studio deal? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got my multiple TV trays that I make a desk out of. Love I've it. got it all situated. <laughs> it's like a, a half circle. I've got like a crescent around sure. me oh, of nice. a computer and multiple beers and whiskey and water. It's crazy, man. It's it's pretty cool. Before, uh, maybe like 10 minutes yeah, a little bit longer now, but like 20 minutes before we started, I, I posted a quick video on Instagram and I tagged the podcast of my setup. I think you should make one too and like post them both because I want to see them side by side because mine has changed in the past two weeks. Like today I have the little mixer that goes into the big mixer and into the little mixers going like your phone call coming in and uh, all of our sounds for today. And I have, I have a GameCube on the desk, which isn't even plugged in, but it looks cool. Uh, and it's just like my little uh, power station right now. And I want to see yours. Nice. Yeah, I'll have to do that later. Uh, on that note, what is our Instagram and any other social media stuff? Yeah, if you want to see our faces and our our studios and our our lives and our cats and stuff, we're at uh, Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, we're at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod. We're at Untapped and Letterboxed at Fresh Hop Cinema. Patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema and www.freshhopcinema.com. Yes. That's where you can find us, and that's where you should follow us. Uh, we have some new people following us on Letterboxd, which is dope, because I asked. Oh, nice. People are doing it, so keep doing it. Get involved. Follow along. You'd, you'd know what movies that I'd watch this week if you were my friend on Letterboxd. Perfect. And I watched a bunch. How many do you think? Uh, I watched probably five. Nice. I think I have my, I'm at four, but, you know, yeah, busy week. Yeah, man. When you have nothing but to do but watch movies... You watch a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, quick shout out. Once again, we had our second uh, Zoom kind of bottle share, beer share um, with some of our patrons on Saturday. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I ended up making chili for most of that time, um, but I had to get that done. It's been sort of a weird week. I rode horses uh, way more than I expected. But the point is, uh, if you like chatting on Zoom or it's like Skype, if you don't know, uh, you can do that if you go to Patreon. It's one of our um, modified perks that we've adjusted for uh, this time at home. Yeah, it's fun. We've gotten to actually have beers with our patrons more during quarantine yeah. than we had before. So yeah. that's cool, man. It's a lot easier to get everyone together. You know, it's it's a quick way for people far apart to see each other and, and chat and have some beers. So uh, we, we've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I think we should definitely maybe still do this like once a month just for all of our out of town listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be really cool. Uh, so I think we jump right into uh, what's at least been on my mind for the past several weeks, both both in a fun sense, but also in a steep learning curve sense. I've had to adjust and is make it this. me? It is you. Let's talk yes. about you. It's uh, my body. But before we talk about you more, let's talk about Beer Madness, man. It's our bracket. If you're just joining us on the show, you've never heard an episode before. For the past maybe six or seven weeks, we have done a March Madness style tournament where we eliminate beers uh, week by week to determine who and which beer is the best West Coast IPA, less than 9%. And we will be covering the champion of that tournament in just a little bit here. Um, 
but Johnny, would you tell us what the final two were? And then if you would also be so kind as to tell me who was competing for the bronze slot in this tournament. Yeah, so our championship was Hexagenia versus Ubedank. They were very favored beers going into this. Ubedank was kind of a middle-of-the-road pick at 18, and then uh, Hexagenia was the number nine seed going in. Uh, so that was our championship, and in the bronze match, we had Booming Rollers from Modern Times going up against Revision IPA from, you guessed it, Revision. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I'm going to make this disclaimer. We made it last week um, before the championship round was decided, but Booming Rollers um, uh, is not around anymore. It's out of season, and I'm still standing by the fact that when we started this contest, it was in season, but I could be wrong, and maybe maybe I just think that because of my pride. Um, but either way, it was it had a bit of a handicap against it going in. Um, I think, Johnny, we're going to spend most of our time talking about the championship round. So if you wanted to go ahead and spoil who does win the bronze medal for this year's Beer Madness, I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, the the bronze and silver. I guess not silver. Silver's right. the... Right. Yeah, yeah. The, just the bronze. Yeah. I, I don't know how Olympics work. It's fine. Uh, in the bronze match, Revision IPA came out pretty massively victorious over Booming Rollers with 78% of the vote. Uh, so yeah, that's our number three beer of the tournament. Yeah, I, I'm... I again, like I haven't had Booming Rollers recently, obviously, but I've tried Revision. I'm I'm pretty stoked with that turnout. Like again, Revision was the 21 seed against uh, the 11 seed with Booming Rollers. They was not supposed to win this, but uh, factors came into play. And yeah, a 78 percent over 22 percent is pretty decisive, and it works for me. You're a fan of Revision IPA, no? Uh, yeah, I am. I had it for the first time during this tournament, so it was pretty fun to to get to sample it, and uh, I can see why it's such a a fan favorite and a favorite of people in this area. It is. It's a really good beer. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it stuck out to me. You were saying like, I, I caught me off guard. You're like, yeah, I don't think, I actually think I've uh, ever had any of Revision's uh, West Coast stuff. Like you'd, you'd always tried their hazy things, which mm-hmm. makes sense because that's kind of their their bread and butter. Um, but it, you know, I, it's a pretty solid. Like I would, I will look for more of their West Coast stuff after getting so familiar with this beer. Definitely, I agree too. Um, then a note on structure, typically in the show, we would at this point, um, word madness, not going on, uh, just drink one beer and we'd review it. But we figured in the spirit of competition, we were just going to be sipping on, uh, both Ubedank and Hexagenia throughout our discussion of the things coming up. And I, I'm happy with that because not only do we get to drink two beers right now, but since we are apart, we both get to drink two full beers, uh, which makes me very happy. Yeah, sobriety is out the window today. It's just gone. There's yeah, just not a gone. chance in the world. No, um, no I, I'm I'm usually pretty buzzed after we record anyway. But yeah, <laughs> since we've been recording by ourselves, it's like oh wow, and especially like the Ubadank that I got uh, is in a 19.2 ounce can. The yeah. Hex is in a 16 ounce can, yeah. and our 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 actual beer that we're going to be reviewing later is in a 12 ounce can. So like. I'm no math wizard, but that's that's a lot of ounces mm, if yes. we finish them all. Which we shall in the spirit of competition. Sure. Um, so I was going to save this for later, but we had a, a few comments, more than a few, but we had some comments um, on the survey, and I was going to save this, but a guy named Jason wrote in, great job to all the competitors. Everyone is a winner. We all get to drink craft beer. And I think that's a great spirit to take moving forward here because, again, like we had 32 beers starting off and... Most of them were pretty good. I think in a minute here, I want to touch on some that maybe weren't so great, um, that made it a little bit farther than I expected, as well as some that I thought were terrific that didn't make it as far. Um, yeah. But in general, uh, just great craft beer. It's been fun drinking them and meeting new people through this competition, and I've I've enjoyed that at the very least. 
Yeah, absolutely. Me too. It's been fun. It's been a fun concept. Uh, I really liked it. And especially not having any sports, it's fun to have yeah. something to kind of think about tournament wise. And yeah, it's just, it's a fun thing. We've never done it. We should do one like in the fall for stouts or something. Is there like a, what would we call it? Like September madness? Fall fadness? I don't know. <laughs> My goal is to get everybody to transition from college basketball into craft beer with this tournament. Oh. That's, That's a lofty goal. goal. Yeah, but now we've had a whole year of a head start where there's been none of that. So maybe we'll, again, if you don't realize this, we're going to do this definitely next spring, but maybe other times. But stick with us for, for next year, for sure. Yeah, that'll be fun. Hey, you don't have your um, the, the bracket in front of you, do you? Do you have your computer? Uh, I have my computer. I don't have the bracket, though. If you pull up our website really quick, um, it's on there. And I, I just want to, like, I have um, our paper brackets in front of me, and we'll talk about our predictions in a minute. But I just wanted to look over the list and talk about some stuff that, you know, maybe kind of got the axe early on. We've spent some time um, crying over spilled Mayberry early on, which is... Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what we're drinking real quick, because we're okay. going to discuss both these beers. So I'm sure. sipping on Ubedank while we're going over all these. Yeah, uh, me too. And then I'm going oh, to open a Hexagenia after, but yeah, <laughs> just revisiting Ubedank. Yeah, when's the last time you had Ubedank? It's been a while. It's it's really been a while. Uh, I would say probably six months. Oh, that long, huh? Yeah, maybe longer. Uh, it's good, but it's like it's always around, and I always want. It's the curse of the craft beer guy. Sure, you're yeah, always sure. looking for the new stuff, or you're going for the thing that you've had a hundred times, and like it's old, reliable six pack. Uh, and these this package has been all over the place. You know, for a while it was in which uh, uh, which which package is that? Ubedank. Yeah, there's a this. I mean, I feel like you should clear up the discrepancy because I thought. Um, just by virtue of this logo being what it is, I thought this was definitely a brand new can, but you told me this has been around for a while. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that this can with the bear on it came out uh, a while ago. Well, have have you tasted your Ubedank yet? Yeah. I can promise you this is not an old beer. No, it tastes nice and new and fresh. Yeah, I mean, so I've had Ubedank, like like I told you, I think right before we started, I've, I've made a point of trying both of these beers side by side for like the past three weeks. Um, as well as the other ones in the contest at the time that I could get my hands on. Um, and yeah, I've been lucky enough to find some pretty fresh ones. Like there's no date on this Ubedank, but it tastes very fresh. I know the Hexogenia we both have is um, less than a month old. Nice. Just good, good, good stuff. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to trying that. I I can honestly say I don't remember if I've ever had Hexogenia. Are you I kidding think, me? <laughs> oh, I think I have, but you I can't be certain. It? I don't know. <laughs> You've been like baby stepping towards that. I didn't realize it till just now. But like earlier, you were like, "Man, yeah, I can't really, I can't really think of the last time I've had Hexagenia. And I was like, oh, "That's okay." And now the truth comes out. I've probably I've never had, had it. Hexagenia. I've probably had it. Wow. It's one of those beers that, like, wait, no, I've definitely had it because I remember their tap handles now with like the fishing. Re- yeah, I've had it. I'm. Sh- I don't understand. There's no way you could not have had Exogenia. That's, living in this that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I've had it on accident. Like somebody's had a picture of it somewhere. Sure. And I've, you know, I mean, I've had it at least on accident. So, well, yeah. In a minute, anyways, you're gonna have it on purpose. Yes, and I'm stoked to have it on purpose. Yeah. Just like sex. <laughs> uh was so wait what is you've had fall river obviously i know you've had because i think we've drank it together we've had the irish cream stout um have you had like lazy hazy when that came out yeah i've had lazy hazy i love that beer it's pretty good i um i don't i don't care uh i'm gonna say it anyways when i first um tried marijuana which is not super long ago uh i'd had like uh i don't know like four or five lazy hazies 
And yeah. like enough to the point where I was like, I've never had this drug before. Let's try it out. And it uh, maybe we'll cut this out. I don't know. It is an edible, which they say takes a long time to get into your system, which I knew that. But I was like, it's clearly not working. You're smoking some of it. I'll do that also. And like hmm. 15 minutes later, I could not move my body <laughs> at all. And my wife was there sober. And I said, hey, I think you have to call me an ambulance. I think I'm dying. Uh, <laughs> and she goes, she goes, you're not dying. I promise you're okay. And, and I said, are you sure? And she said, yeah, you're going to be fine. And I said, okay, a hundred percent sure that I was going to die. <laughs> you're That's just like, how I know we are in love. I'm, I'm leaning into it. Man. It's fine. Um, but ever since then, for some reason, lazy hazy is just, I've, I've loved it. Nice. Yeah. It's so in, in honor of yesterday's 420 holiday. That's Max's story about his first time trying pot. Wonderful tie in. Very good. Hell yeah. I don't uh, remember the first time I tried pot. That's fine. That's a side effect of pot, I believe. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but we've all yeah. we've all been violently too high. Oh my god, that's the worst feeling. Yeah, it's yeah. Same with you know, yeah. violently too drunk. That's never fun. No, but the problem with being violently too high is like you remember it. Oh sure. Yeah, at least if you're violently too drunk, it's like the memory fades. But with that, it's like, oh, I remember that panic and that cold sweat yeah. and the room spinning. Like, oh, it's the worst. <laughs> this is a hell of a tangent. Oh, I love it. Uh, okay, great. really quick. Let's jump back into um, Fallen Angels is what I wrote in our notes. It's probably not the the best term. I can't think of a better one, though. So that's what I went with. Uh, and Elevated Demons. I wanted to start with the fact that uh, Sam Adams Rebel IPA made it into this competition. Mm-hmm. We felt like we had to have uh, some something kind of crafty, but huge, you know, like bigger than Sierra Nevada, uh, bigger than like dogfish head, something big and corporate, like mega corporate. Um, yeah. and it, it was up against Pliny the elder first round. It <laughs> did not get 0%. If I remember right, it was like 10%, which seemed yeah. high to me. Well, Sam Adams like retweeted us. Yeah, that's true. So, so I mean, that's not nothing. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. I wonder, uh, how many of their listeners or drinkers stuck around after we veritably pooed all over the beer. Although to be fair, I haven't had rebel IPA maybe once. It's not a bad beer. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not ideal, but sure. like going up against Pliny, <laughs> it didn't have yeah. a chance. Yeah. That's what I thought about Hexagenia too, but you know, you never know. Yeah. You never know. Uh, yeah. We just also like had- a real basketball tournament. It's filled with upsets yeah. that you never saw coming. Yeah. Um, the other, the other big one that was sort of a, a stink in my eye was the, was the Angel City IPA from uh, Angel City Brewing in Los Angeles. Uh, we reviewed it on the show, I think like episode seven or something back when we covered La La Land. And um, we had a terribly old one and it just, just really was gross um, and ruined it in my brain. But I think we've since decided because of how many people seem to love it, we need to go back and uh, try it again. Yeah. And you yourself maybe have professed to like it. I tried it unknowingly when I was in LA and I didn't know that until a friend of the show, Sophie, let me know that's what that beer was. Yeah. Kind of blew my mind. So it might not suck. Yeah, that's true. It might be, might be pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- that said, so it that's lost, the- it lost to double sunshine from Lawson's, which I think is correct. Yeah. But that's a, that's a great beer. Double yeah. sunshine's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Have we done that on the show? We've done sip of sunshine on the show, which is the single version of it. I believe mm. I know we've done it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the single version of, of double. 
I believe you're right. Yeah, Lawson's is really good. The, yeah, they're world so. class. We just couldn't get any uh, for this, which was such a bummer. They were just canning it when I think the uh, Final Four was going on, um, mm. and they couldn't distribute it, and then all this stuff was going on anyway, so it was just a little bit complicated. Yeah. Uh, what yep. about what about beers that you were super excited for that did not make it past maybe the first or second round? For me personally, um, Mayberry IPA should have been way further in this competition but yeah. it lost to Ubedank. Yeah, and that's the, the first th- yeah, round. right. So it's like ugh, I get it. Like that's I get it. Um but yeah. at least it didn't if lose it, to like like Angel City IPA or like Rebel IPA. Yeah, if it would have gone against, you know, something uh I think a little bit lower ranked or not as prolific yes. as an Ubedank, I yep. think this would have been a, a different different type competition but i mean that's the way it goes with seedings man with the with the rankings the way we had it like it was pure chance it was an aggregate rating of you know their scores on what untapped and uh letterboxed no what's the other one uh uh, imdb rotten tomatoes and you know beer advocate man yeah beer advocate yeah yeah so it wasn't Um, our numbers that's still on our website i think we'll leave that up um forever so if you want to see how the beers got seated where they are it's not us necessarily we should uh we should make our own rankings and then combine that with the other two and then average that out. Sure. I mean, yeah, like that was the idea going forward or in the very beginning. I was like, all right, well, these need to be beers that we've either covered on the show or had. Um, but then there were so many contenders. Like our first list, I think, had 57 beers on it. Um, yeah. and like both of us, like we hadn't both tried all of them. So then it like came down like, well, what am I gonna think of it? What do you think of it? It just it became too subjective, you know? Yeah. I wanted to keep it sciency as best as possible. Yeah, and I guess we probably shouldn't create our own rankings and then bias yeah, it. Yeah, sure. And then obviously, obviously bias it. Like we've been really good about not biasing the tournament so far. Yeah, so I let's think so let's not let's keep it unbiased, and I'll just vote my heart. Yeah, let's. I want to jump into kind of what you thought and what I thought was going to happen, and and we're not going to bother everybody with every single matchup, but um, I wanted to say what we each had in the final, what our predictions were in the finals. Yeah. Um, I have yours in front of me. Incidentally, this was not part of the plan. You were to be here with me for this, but you were not. So I will just read yours if that's okay. Do it. Okay. So, uh, in the semifinals, Johnny had Pliny, the elder going up against two hearted and Lagunitas IPA going up against booming rollers. Uh, that ended up being, uh, in his final prediction, Pliny, the elder versus Lagunitas IPA. And then for the bronze two hearted versus booming rollers, Johnny, you get a point. Uh, for Booming Rollers being in the bronze matchup as it is in the bronze matchup, or was. Yes. Uh, so if let's say there's four points there. If you count the championship and the bronze, you get a point. Well done. Uh, and Thanks. then mine was, I had, because uh, again, nothing was going to beat Pliny. This was like the number one seed by a long shot. Uh, lo and behold, Hexagenia did beat it. So instead of Pliny being in the championship, Hex is against what I predicted, Ubedank. And I feel really good about that prediction. Did you, wait, now you predicted Ubedank being in the finals, but not Hex. Correct. But I feel really good okay. about Ubedank being there. Totally. Uh, and in, in the uh, in the bronze, I had Boomy Rollers also against uh, Sculpin, actually, which now okay. seems dumb, but hindsight and all that. Hey, your brackets always seem dumb unless you nailed it. That's fair, yeah. Um, anyways, those are predictions. I feel, yeah, um, I think it's, this would be more fun. Like next year, I'm going to push a little bit harder for people to fill out brackets. Maybe we'll incentivize it a little bit, like make a gift basket of like the final four beers or something for people that score highly. I don't know. We'll think of something. 
Yeah, do something fun. Just get more interaction. I, I'm down with that. Yeah, I um, mean, shit. Let's bet on it. Let's let's open yeah, a sports. Sure. Let's take some money. Let's, let's, let's under get, the table. Yeah, let's get cash involved here. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I'll run a sports book and <laughs> totally incriminate myself on a podcast Who by cares? saying it. Why not? Yeah, yeah, we're all joking here, guys. If you're the yeah, feds, al- allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Uh, yeah. Well. I think, I mean, yeah, that's those were my favorites that I really, the only horse that I had in the race that I was really rooting for was uh, was Mayberry. Yeah. I mean, I obviously love a lot of these beers, so it wasn't, it's like the real tournament, you know? It's You like a lot of the teams, but I have one team that I like the most, and it didn't do good, so I've just been observing and sure. applauding silently from the sidelines, so... I think it's time that we uh, we maybe pull some info from the breweries and then announce a winner. What do you think? Yeah, I think it sounds good. I reached out. I mean, we've been reaching out to breweries kind of here and there, mostly to be like, hey, share share this with your fans and like kind of get us some traction. And it's a fun thing and it's a weird time. So share a distraction. Um, but as we've gotten closer to this, this impending championship, uh, specifically here, we reached out to both Fall River and New Glory, um, specifically to people way upstairs that kind of knew the backstory of these beers and um, what inspired them and any comments they had about their competitors and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, So what we got was a written comment, an an email from uh, the president of Fall River, John Hutchings. I'm going to share that with you in a moment. And we also got um, a voice recording uh, from Kyle over at New Glory, and I'll share that also. But first, and bear with me, John gave us a lot of information. I will do it just as best I can. John says this. Hexagenia was our first IPA we brewed. It's named after the Hexagenia mayfly, which is a large yellow fly that has a resemblance of a sailboat uh, when they're on the water after hatching. In our quaint little town where I grew up, the Hex Hatch brings in a ton of people from out of the area, especially very wealthy fishermen, who come to fish on the edges of the hatch as the river is literally boiling with fish rolling and devouring these flies. Honestly, even if you don't fish, it's an absolute spectacle to watch uh, the hatch happen and see the river come to life with how many fish are on the surface feeding. It's pretty cool. Uh, growing up in the Fall River Valley, this is one of the things my friends and I would look forward to each summer. It was a magical time to get uh, to go fish with your dad and buddies. It's one of the only times during the year we would get out our fly rods, as I wasn't accustomed to other styles of fly fishing at the time. Uh, John, you're not alone. I also am not accustomed to those. And John says, it truly exemplifies who we are and where we come from, even though we're based out of Reading now. He says, since we first released Hex, it's always made up the majority of our sales. With the increase in popularity of hazy IPAs, we've seen an increase in those numbers as well. But in our area, Hex has become a main staple beer, and that's something we're very proud of. It's usually a beer that most people find very approachable, even if they don't like IPAs, and that was what we were shooting for. Not a super bitter beer, but really going for the flavor and aroma of the hops that we use. However, in a world of amazing craft beer, it's pretty tough to appease everyone. We're happy to take any compliments and good credit wherever we can get it. Uh, About Ubedank... He said, we're stoked to be competing against Ubedank and New Glory in the championship. For one, we love New Glory's beer, as well as many of the other breweries who competed in the competition. We had the great pleasure of getting to brew a collaboration with them a few years back when we were in our old brewery uh, that was in an airplane hangar in the woods. I think they were wondering if they had walked into a scene from the movie Deliverance when they arrived. Uh, It was a fun day. They're super cool people, and regardless of whether we win or lose, we have much respect for them. There's too much good beer in this world right now for people to be engaged in talking shit, so we'll leave that up to the people that really, or we'll leave this up to the people that really matter, the voters, to decide who wins or loses. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks again for putting this on. Looking forward to the final results and what comes out of it. Hope all's well. And that was John Hutchings, president of Fall River. 
Nice. Thanks for the email, John. That's great. You're going to have to talk a little bit so I can uh, drink a little water because that is the most reading I've done since third grade. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I love um, I love what he said about the history of the beer and where it came from. That's fascinating. I know a bit about these sorts of things, and I didn't know that in particular. Never been much of a fly fisherman, but uh, I know a lot of fly fishing is is based on the the cycles of the insect hatches and mm. larvae, and the different flies you use are dictated heavily upon the nature around you. So a lot of fly fishermen are like super deep in ecology and like, you know, the, the cycles of, of nature and what's hatching and what bugs are around and like mayflies and all this stuff. So it's, Mm. it's pretty cool that they shouted that out. And that's like a very specific thing that a lot of people are actually going to get a kick out of. So I dig that. I think that on the show, it's so cool because we usually try to get a little um, bit of history, especially on beers from smaller breweries, but it's been so cool getting to like, like reading that, that was so in depth. And I, I wouldn't know what that was. And I, when we hear from, uh, from Kyle from new glory or Kyle Letty, uh, he talks about sort of even the pronunciation of hexagenia being a mystery. Um, so sort of, uh, being able to sort of shrink the world of craft beer and make it feel a little bit more like a tight knit community is, uh, another really, really nice perk from this competition, I think. Definitely. And also a side effect of this podcast, we've gotten to know some great people. So, and- yeah. And so many cool breweries and have reached out and like I've built relationships with breweries based on this and like it's cool, man. I'm ready for this quarantine to be done and everyone to put it in the past so I can go visit these cool people. Fair enough. Uh, would I'm you ready, like? Man. Would you like to hear something uh, about Ubedank, my friend? Yes, let's hear from Kyle before we announce the champion and uh, let's see what what he says about Ubedank. Okay, hit me with it right up. Hey, Max and Johnny. This is uh, Kyle Letty. I'm the brewmaster of New Glory Craft Brewery. Um, Thanks for allowing me to record a little something for the podcast. And it's pretty dope to be featured in uh, in the uh, in the actual like event, the tournament, uh, let alone make it all the way to the final round. So that's really cool. Thanks for everyone for voting. Um, As far as the history of Ubedank, um, it's a it's kind of our take on just like a super classic you know, like our idea of what a West Coast IPA should be that's maybe kind of a little long in the tooth in terms of it's, you know, piney, it's resiny, it's citrusy, but we use a lot of mosaic to kind of bring it into the, you know, the modern age and brings in a lot of like overripe tropical fruit and, and also brings in like a different kind of dank quality to it that you can't necessarily just get from classic, you know, California grown sea hops. Um, so it's 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 been a really popular. It's our number one beer. It has been for number for a number of years, I think. Um, I'll say that Gummy Worms, our hazy pale ale, is quickly approaching. Um, it's really hot on its heels, so that's pretty cool to see in the market how those two do um, with and against each other. Um, that's been kind of fun just to kind of see over the years to see how a palate shift and yet. We're gaining, we're, gummy worms is like coming up in market share, but we're not losing any of Uba. So that's been really cool to see. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, so that's, I mean, that's, that's basically Uba Dank. Uh, as far as uh, Fall River, I think it's really cool to be featured with uh, some of our friends up there. Um, I, I don't know if I have any smack to talk. That That's a pretty awesome beer. Uh, except for, I've always never, I've never really known how to pronounce it. Is it Exogenia? Is it hexagenia? I don't really get it. I, I, if it's a fish reference, I'm not much of an angler myself. So um, 
But I, I imagine you're probably going to play this after the results are already in. Um, I look forward to hearing it, and uh, thanks for everyone for voting. And, and it's it's really uh, it's really an honor. It's really rad to be up, you know, to beat out some some really well respected beers. Cheers. All right, that was Kyle Letty. Uh, nice, good thoughts. I, well, I guess technically we are playing it before the results, so uh, sorry about that. I suppose. By mere <laughs> moments, sure. Uh, let's. I don't know, man. I've, I've I've been following the results. What the hell is that sound? That's my ice chest. Sorry, you got an exogen here. <laughs> yep, fair. Um, okay. Do you want to walk through the results, or you want me to? Well, why don't you just tell everybody who won, man? Okay. So, in a margin of sixty-five percent to thirty-five percent, uh, I personally thought it would be a bit closer, um, but you know. The nine seed, Hexagenia, did beat the 18 seed, Ubedank. Oh, my God. Uh, this is what you might call, if you're a sports broadcaster, a Cinderella story in a lot of senses. Right, Johnny? <laughs> That's uh, something, yes, that uh, is, that is they, correct. They say that kind of thing in sports, I've been told. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, so Hexagenia took it away, 65%. Um, but good efforts on both. I mean, I'm still working on my Ubedank. They're both fantastic beers. I don't, I don't really think this could have gone much better in terms of having two great beers in the finals. Um, yeah. So I'm stoked, man. I think I think this is a great way to go. It's been a lot of fun uh, keeping up with all this and, like you said earlier, just engaging with new people and making friends and all sorts of fun stuff. Absolutely, you know. And we do have a winner of this competition, but in, in the game of craft beer, with with beers this good readily available. Uh, it is true what that one listener said. We, in fact, all we win. We all win, baby. We're all winners here. Um, okay, so you mentioned uh, with your ice chest sounds that you're going to be drinking your Hexagenia here. We are going to move along from Beer Madness for the last time uh, this year, and we're going to jump back into format and start talking about flick picks. Um, as you may know, if you are a movie watcher or a news reader or are aware of anything in the world right now, movie theaters aren't open. There's not a whole lot of new stuff coming out. Um, so usually flick picks for us are, uh, movies that are new that we just aren't going to spend as much time on, um, that maybe only one of us has seen. Um, but lately it's been just kind of movies that we've been watching in general. Um, and Johnny, you have two this week and I wanted to know which one you wanted to start with. Cause I'd be happy to play a trailer of it. Uh, we can start with guns akimbo guns akimbo. Here's a little trailer, my friend. I'm Miles. Watch it, asshole. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a hero. But instead, I grew up to be a nobody. Another schism. 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 Schism picked random weirdos and made them fight to the death. And the internet loved it. Nick's wins. Hey, I'm Nick. I love you. Coming. Uh, I think you have the wrong approach. Whoa, who are you? Look, this is gonna sound really fucking weird, but can you help me? I have guns bolted to my hands. Yeah, you're right. That does sound pretty fucking weird. You have 24 hours to kill Nix. You fail, you die. You leave the city, you die. Who the fuck is Nix? It's Showtime. Anything to do with this. These guys came to my house last night. They're making me fight. 
but I have a plan. Go on. You can stop trying to kill me. And kill Schism. You in? Um, no. Here's what we'll do. Relax and stop running. Mistakes were made. I... Ten million viewers, you have made history. I never wanted any of this. Fuck! It's over. It's not over till I say it's over. I wouldn't do that if I was you. You'll just end up blowing your damn face off. Then you'll still be depressed. Even more depressed, probably, because of your fucked up face. All right, that was the R-rated trailer with a lot of F-bombs for the Daniel Radcliffe Don't Call Him Harry Potter film Guns Akimbo that Johnny Summers has watched. That's right. I did watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a blazing good time. It was written and directed by one man named Jason Lee Howden, and mm. you might know him. Uh, you've He's been around a little bit. Uh, he's actually got a lot of credits to his name for uh, writing and visual effects. He was the writer on a 2015 film called Deathgasm, which I thought was hilarious and very okay. good. Uh, he also did visual effects for The Avengers, uh, The Wolverine, uh, uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, just to name a few. Uh, so he's been in visual effects for yeah. quite a bit. Uh, and this is, his, I believe, his first direction. So anyways, it stars... What's his name? You Daniel know, Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe, Samara Weaving, Reese Darby, uh, just to name a few. A lot of people I didn't really recognize in this movie. Sure. Uh, the synopsis in a nutshell is that Daniel Radcliffe plays this guy named Miles, stuck in a terrible job, uh, still in love with his ex, that type of thing. Uh, and he eventually gets kind of caught up in internet trolling uh, okay. <laughs> like basically taking his aggression out, being a troll. Okay. And um, this, there's this online murder entertainment show um, that's called Schism. It's basically like two people fight to the death and people watch it like a sporting event. And, uh, you know, they've so got it is, ratings. So it is like Gamer in that sense. It's kind of like Gamer, except that, you know, you're watching something more like Pure Chance. Okay. Um, it reminded me a bit of the movie, ro not Rollerball. Oh, God. Dodge Daniel Ball. Craig. Oh. No, Daniel Craig was in it. Death Race. He was in Death. Daniel Craig was in Death Race. I'm pretty sure. I'll I could out. be wrong. Okay. I'm pretty sure I'm wrong there, actually. It can't be like James Bond, Daniel Craig. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I'm wrong. But <laughs> it reminded okay. me of like. Death Race meets Rollerball meets Mad Max meets Gamer meets mm. like the almost like the Matrix, but not it's as Jason sci -fi. Statham. It's Jason Statham. Jason Statham. I knew it was somebody like quasi famous. Oh yeah, for sure. He, Jason Statham is like the guy in all of those movies. Like you don't even have to know who's in that movie. And if you hadn't said anything, I probably would have been like, "Is it Jason Statham?" Right. Possibly. Yeah. And it was. It was. It was yeah. rugged British action guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was this this shoot 'em up adventure. Uh, basically, Daniel Craig wakes up with two nine millimeters bolted to his hands, okay. uh, and he has to first of all function without the use of his fingers. Sure. And that was, that was pretty funny. There was some great physical comedy there. Um, 
but also, yeah, he's kind of a pacifist, not a very violent guy, and he has to basically fight to get his ex-girlfriend back slash get her free and uh, learn some interesting lessons about himself and, and whatnot along the way. It was super over the top, and I really liked it. It was a silly goose time. Like, if you watch the trailer, you're like, Okay, I know what I'm getting into. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is correct. You do. Okay. This, it, this movie is not you know multifaceted. It's got like two. It's not like a diamond. It's sure. like a like a <laughs> a coin. Like a, a coin. Exactly. Uh, did you have fun watching it? Was it a good time? Yeah, it was. It was super entertaining. It was just silly and over the top and off the wall, almost B movie in its uh, over the top violence, but it had some interesting you know messages and and. You know, not thinly veiled metaphors, but sure. uh, overall, it was it was pretty good. It was uh, worth a watch. You'd it was watch entertaining. It, would you watch it again? I'd probably watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it sounds like one of those that if it came on, you'd might maybe like leave it on. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, oh, commercial. this was this was pretty cool. Like this okay. was entertaining. I'd watch it again. But yeah, it's got like a six point three on IMDb, so it's not okay. terrible. Yeah, I I feel like Daniel Radcliffe is is up there with actors that started in sort of like a safe role like Harry Potter or like Robert Pattinson's a great example. Like guys that have just started working with like the doing the weirdest projects possible. Like yeah. did you ever see Swiss army man with um, Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano Dano? No, I need to watch that. The premise of that movie is that Paul Dano's character, uh, I think like maroons himself on an Island and he finds this dead body, which is Daniel Radcliffe. And he like becomes his imaginary friend and comes back to life. And he like, is just this dead zombie thing that hangs out with Paul Dano for a long. I can't decide how to say his last name, so I'll just say Paul. At one point, he he like rides him. Daniel Paul rides Daniel as a water raft propelled by his dead body's built up gases inside that escape from his uh, bum. Nice, like just a weird, you know. <laughs> and I feel like Daniel Radcliffe is so intensely trying to kind of shed the Harry Potter vibe. He's yeah. just like, I'll sure staple guns. I don't care. I'll have guns for hands. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. I'm an action star now. Uh, I'm not going to ask you where you watched it. I already know because I almost watched it there too, but I did not. Uh, All right. Fun fact. Instead, I just restarted watching The Gentleman to show Gianna. And oh, she's into it. Oh, that movie's so good. I said, I said to her, hey, you remember that movie I watched the other day that you didn't like, Snatch, where you couldn't understand anything and you really didn't like that movie? Uh, here's the movie by the same guy that I think you will like. <laughs> Yeah. She's like, it was like 11. She's like, all right, I don't care. Put it on. Whatever. <laughs> she actually did like it. She's like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. But you can't, you can't keep watching it. Nice. That's, that's yeah, a that movie's, in my book. Hell yeah. That movie's so good. If you had to guess, what episode did we cover that on? Oh, uh, like get, 160. Guess. Two? Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. No, it was like it's a like month one, and a half, two months. Yeah. Probably 161, 162, something yeah, like that. Somewhere there. Um, all right. Well, Guns Akimbo is available. I know you can rent it on certain platforms. Go check that out. Um, I'm going to jump in with actually a little bonus flick pick, if you don't mind, my friend. Do it. Um, so we were watching. Um, somebody had never seen. A friend of ours had never seen Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Which kind of spirals when you talk about Thor Ragnarok. You start talking about all the Marvel stuff. And we got into a debate about um, Chris Evans and kind of his his thing before he became okay. Captain America. And I remembered a movie I saw when I was young called Cellular. And the reason I remember oh, yeah. watching this is because you know who's in it as the bad guy? Hmm. Jason Statham. Oh, my God. So this is circa 2004. It's a film directed by David R. Ellis. I'm not even going to bother looking up what else he's done. It's a totally 
Um, not great movie. That's great to pass the time. The premise is again, this is 2004. The most popular cell phone is, is the Nokia brick. Um, Mm -hmm. and this guy played by Chris Evans, um, his character is named Ryan. He gets a phone call on his cell phone from a woman named Jessica played by Kim Bassinger, um, who has been kidnapped by Jason Statham and his cronies. She's trapped in an attic. She, it's like an old rotary phone that he smashed, but like she hot wires it. And she's like, Hey, I've been kidnapped. Please don't hang up. You have to save me. And the whole movie is him uh, trying to figure out where she is and save her family, kind of. Also, Jessica Biel's in it. William H. Macy is in it. Um, Will, uh, what is, how do you pronounce his name? Beinbrink, I think is his name. Um, But there's like these little nuggets of just horrifying humor gold where like there's a crux in the point of the plot where um, Jason Statham says to uh, Chris Evans on the phone, like, how did you get this number? And so smugly, he just goes, Chris Evans goes, my phone remembers the last 50 numbers that it's called or something. Like, oh my God. Like 15 years later, it's like almost cringy. Like, okay. Like we had to know these were going to get better. You made a movie about like the functionality of a, in retrospect, pretty non-functional phone. Yeah. It's like watching The Departed again and thinking like the cell phone texting thing is intense. And it's just like, it's not. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even bother playing a trailer for that one because I don't, I don't think it necessarily deserves it. Okay. But you have another flick pick that I think does deserve a trailer, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. If you uh, want to rip it, yeah. I think so. What's the movie? It's called Snowpiercer from 2013. And I've heard a ton about it from not just you, from other mm. people, and they really liked it. And uh, it was one of the more popular in the United States, I would say, films directed oh, sure. by Bong Joon-ho mm-hmm. that just won Best Picture for um, Parasite. So I was like, all right, I need to, I need to brush up. It's a... Uh, important for me to be in the know about such things so the other day i sat back and relaxed and hit play on netflix to snowpiercer yeah here's a trailer for it after the trailer remind me to tell you how snowpiercer is a sequel to willy wonka and the chocolate factory oh good okay <laughs> here's the trailer this chaos a thousand people in an iron box 18 years i've hated the train 18 years I've waited for this moment. This is your world. The train saved humanity. The engine lasts forever. The population must always be kept in balance. I said sit down. Passengers, eternal order flows from the sacred engine. We must occupy our preordained position. I belong to the front. You belong to the tail. Know your place. Keep your place. Those bastards in the front think they own us. We'll be different when we get there. What do you say? We take the engine and we control the world. When is the time? Soon. Disorder. We're going to the front. Open the gate. We know you well, Mr. Curtis. We've been watching you. Precisely 74% of you shall die. Everybody back! I'm not a leader. You're ready, Ali. 
All right, so that was a trailer for the critically, critically acclaimed, but I think criminally underseen Bong Joon-ho film, Snowpiercer, which, yeah, like you said, Johnny, I've seen uh, and have caped for many a time on this show. I think most recently when we talked about the platform, because um, it's a similar, uh, though vertical structure um, of Snowpiercer, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, but what was your experience with it? Uh, yeah, I just sat back and got to take it in and uh, really, really liked it. I definitely see the comparisons to the platform. Sure. Uh, I 100% believe that this is a superior film. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. Like, how did this movie not make more buzz? It was really good. I mean, it is a little weird, I guess, maybe for American audiences. It's, it's, I don't know. It's a little bit off kilter, I think. Yeah. It's a little too thought provoking and like, Ooh, scary. Also, I guess we're just on a Chris Evans kick right now. I guess. Mike. <laughs> yeah, but he's, yeah. he's fantastic in this. Yeah, this movie stars Chris Evans. You've got Kang So Song, mm-hmm. or Kang Ho Song. I'm sure. sorry, uh, Ed Harris, John Hurt, Tilda Swinton, Jamie Bell, Octavia Spencer was really good in this. Yeah, um, yeah, lots of recognizable actors in this. It was uh, one of the more unique movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, can you give me sort of like metaphors aside? What's kind of just the cut and dry um, plot of this? Yeah, so basically we're living, well, we're flash forward to the future where uh, climate change experiment failed. We were trying to chill out global warming, and we accidentally froze the whole planet. Sure. Uh, and it killed everything on on the whole earth except the people that board this crazy, giant, self-sustaining train called Snowpiercer that you know goes around the world once a year. Uh, and then you have all this crazy class warfare that ensues where people in the back versus people in the front. Uh, and it's all in this like microcosm uh, of a society on board a train. It's a very, very interesting movie. Yeah. I feel like, um, have you, did you ever watch Okja or no? No. You got to put that on the list next. There's another Bong Joon-ho. Tilda Swinton's in that too. And there's just so many good performances in this movie, even if you're not on board with the, uh, sort of the messages behind it. I don't know how you, how you could not be. It's all sort of about like Maslow's hierarchy and like what you're able to afford to think about when you're comfortable versus starving to death. Um, but even if you're not on board with that, the performances in this are great. It's worth noting that Chris Evans is um, like mid Captain America. So that Snowpiercer is 2013. The first Captain America came out in 2011. Uh, the next one was 2014. So he squeezed this movie in Um like just a real artsy turn for not a financial reason. I think he was just like, just, uh, yep, let's do it. Why not? I, I respected Chris Evans a lot more because um, he didn't have to do this movie. Yeah, that's pretty cool, though, that he did it. Like, I mean, that for him to be in that phase of his career and do this. I mean, was this, would you call this like an independent film? Like, I did actually, this get wide release that you know of? Yeah, so I don't actually know too much about the production and release of this, but I, I know that, like, I mean... Let me look at Bong Joon-ho's sort of filmography here because this wasn't – I mean now Bong Joon-ho is a you know dinner table name in America because of Parasite. Um, but I can't imagine he was on – certainly not this much of a everybody's radar um, at the time. But I'll, I'll check him out. Um, yeah. But you – so you, you liked it obviously. Um, has it stuck with you much? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I've also had some interesting conversations about people in uh, – about it with people like in my family. Like it's, it's one of those movies that like everyone seems to have either heard of or like if they've seen it, mm. they really liked it. Really they haven't heard of it at all. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, one of my favorite songwriters, Sam Beam, uh, stage name, iron and wine. Um, 
is is like a similar thing. People are like, I read a review once that said there are two types of people in the world, whatever. Uh, people that love Sam Beam's voice and people that have never heard it. And I think that's kind of uh, along the lines of this movie. Like you either know it and it sticks with you or you just probably haven't seen it. Yeah, that's really it, man. It's kind of a, a black or white situation. Yeah, there's so so Bong Joon Ho is from South Korea. Uh, his first film was The Host, and I'm looking it up now. It was 2006, um, and he. I mean, that was. I mean, that's huge in in Korea. There's a big statue, I think, in in Seoul of the monster from The Host, like a okay. big sculpture of it. Like people, he's he's huge there. Um, and then yeah, came back on the scene with a big American splash with Snowpiercer in 2013, Octra 2017, and then obviously Parasite 2019. And he has a bunch of other films under his belt, but none that. Um, I don't think have made much of a dent in the American audiences. Yeah, no, not really. Uh, but yeah, Snowpiercer, man, I it's a it's a great movie. I think it's you can watch it um, over and over, glean more stuff, including how it might be a sequel to Willy Wonka. It occurred to me that probably a lot of people listening haven't uh, seen this movie, so I don't want to actually spend any time on that. But I will send you, if you remind me, uh, a link to a video essay that really makes a strong case for how that could be possible. <laughs> And it like it sounds funny. It sounds like a joke. It is not. Like I, I'm convinced at this point. It's like the deepest conspiracy theory I've ever gotten into, and I'm I'm on it. No, that's my new religion. Yeah, it's why it's wild. I know. I'll show you the video, and maybe think, maybe we'll post it somewhere. I was gonna say we might need to get into this a little bit further if you're gonna make claims like that, and then well, I can't. I can't. I can't. It's gonna spoil the movie. I can't do it. Well. We don't have much to spoil with trolls, so let's talk about it in the danger zone. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Uh, make a note, and I'll, I'll circle back around. Deal. Uh, we spent a lot of time on flick picks, uh, so I'll, I'll make my last one quick. Um, and I, I'll even skip the trailer for it, but um, still kind of in the vein um, of Marvel movies, there is a film called The Nice Guys. Uh, have you seen it? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I have. Yes. Okay. So it's a film that came out in uh, 2016, I believe. I'm going to pull it up just to make sure. But it has Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe as uh, two detectives in the 70s. It's basically a comedy crime noir that has most of the aspects of noir, but doesn't look like one. Um, and it's the story of, of Ryan Gosling playing this private eye, and he's looking into the suicide of a porn actress uh, in 1970s Los Angeles and uncovers a conspiracy. It's got all the makings for... Uh, a great crime noir film, but they deal with it in, in such a funny way. I think this movie is uh, up there. I almost want to throw out the word masterpiece. It's just like tonally perfect. Uh, the comedic timing of Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling is great. I think Ryan Gosling is one of the funniest guys uh, acting when he does kind of the the comedy thing. There's a lot of physical comedy in this movie. Um, big shout out to a scene where he gets uh sort of uh, ambushed in a public toilet is a great scene. Uh, Like literally for me, like laughing out loud multiple times in this movie. I think it's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I remember really liking this as well. Yeah. It was one of those when I saw it at the time, I think the first time I saw it was probably back in 2016. So it's been several years and I think maybe we hadn't even started the podcast and I, I didn't know how to pick up maybe too much on um, noir themes, but we talked about, um, Oh, I can't remember when this was, uh, but what was that movie we did? I think it was 2018, the hotel. It was also a noir. 
Um, oh, uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. That's the one. Um, and our friend of the show, Lauren Lindley, wrote in and was like, hey, here's this helpful chart on why this movie was great. Because you can check all these things it was basically referencing about being a like a classic noir film, like a 50s uh, film noir. Um, so I've like ever since then I look at that, I'm like, yeah, like I, I need to go explore this more like Chinatown and, um, the, I said the millennium Falcon. What am I thinking of? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I don't care right now. Whatever. Um, it's you a great need to explore. What are you talking There's a movie. About? Um, and it's one of those stupid, uh, brain farts. Uh, you know, um, hang on. Oh my God. I'm gonna have to Google it. Um, hang on. It's a the movie. Maltese Falcon. The Maltese Falcon. Thank you. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Um, anyways, all these films that in the past have been great, established their own thing, um, have sort of shifted culture. Like Blade Runner is a great example of kind of when the paradigm shifted from being like a classic crime noir to more of like a sci-fi noir and like how those elements can be taken and sort of reformed into a new thing. And I think the nice guys does that super, super well by bringing in comedy, but also staying true to sort of the, the, the gritty kind of crimey underbelly of the original type of movie. I loved it. And it definitely felt like a seventies movie too. Like immediately nailed that. I know. Yeah. Yeah, That's, and like everything from soundtrack to costume design, it's all, it's all so integral to, to kind of creating the, the, I guess environment, but just the whole world, it it feels very cohesive and just well thought out. Some great facial hair in that movie too. Great facial hair. So also the guy that directed it was Shane Black, who also directed Iron Man three, which in my brain has been like a shitty movie. But after watching the nice guys, I was like, I'm going to go revisit Iron Man three just to see. And Iron Man three is don't at me. One of the best Iron Man movies. Mm, There's some, there's some bad parts, but I think overall it's pretty good. Nice. I didn't used to think that. Well, hot damn. Hot damn. Uh, that's right about flick picks. You can see it on, uh, uh, I think it was Netflix that I watched it on, but, you know, days are blending. I, when I, when I, when we, you gave me beers today, our sanitized beers, um, you were saying, yeah, it's been a month since this thing happened. Last, on March 21st, I was like, today's only April 14th. And you're like, it is not. It is the 21st. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I can't think of what day it is. I certainly don't know for sure what platform I watched a movie on, but I think it was Netflix. There you go. Well, if you Googles it, you can find it. Um, I think we should go to a break and talk about our friends at the handlebar. What do you think? Let's do it. Take a break. Johnny Summers, it has been way too long, my friend, since we got to talk about our other friends over at one of our favorite watering holes, the handlebar. But as I understand it, there's some new developments on the horizon. Yeah, dude, they're reopening for takeout and delivery this week. If you pay attention to their social media, there's you can find them at the Handlebar, uh, Handlebar Chico on all the social medias. You follow along there, you can get more details. But yeah, you're going to be able to give them a call, order online, get it delivered, pick it up. They're going to be doing beer to go, food to go. They're probably going to be doing some cocktails, some pre-mixed cocktail type situation. So if you miss the handlebar as much as we do, stay tuned to their social media and get involved and and you don't have to miss them anymore. Yeah, if you need to go find them, they're at 2070 East 20th Street. This is going to sound like a, like a fake plug, but I promise you this is true. I woke up today wanting the beer, cheese, and pretzels from the handlebar. And I'm like, I'm so sick of not being able to have them. And then you texted me like, hey, by the way, they're going to be open. It was, it was the craziest, it was the craziest thing that's happened to me all day. Serendipitous. Serendipitous. Go check out the handlebar, order some food, order some beer to go, uh, and enjoy yourselves. They're a great business. Go check them out, you guys. And we're back from our break. It was a nice break. I stretched, I, I limberly 
sauntered. It was beautiful. Anyway, we're back. It's time to drink more beer. You don't care about my stretching. I do, because uh, I also our, stretched. <laughs> it felt good to stretch. You sit long, for so I mean, long, yeah, you got to stretch it out. Yeah, beer madness. I've uh, realized. Stretch it out, yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, that, this has been a long podcast already. Agreed. Like, we're we're kind of knocking it out of the park in the content department. I think. <laughs> I mean, we might almost even cut this in half and release it as two podcasts. I don't no. know. No, this can is my it. best entertainment every week. We're doing this again next week. This is what we're doing. Doing it all the time. All right, you're a giver. That's fine. Thanks, huck man. it. We'll do it again. Next huck it. Week. Let's do it's it again. Fine. No, huck it. I said. That's what I said. What do you think I said? No, I said huck it. That's what I said. <laughs> okay. Well, then we're hucking it. I was just I was and piggybacking that, off of your transition. Yeah, dude. We've teased it, it too all, much. Man. You better just say it. <laughs> so we're drinking another beer. This is the only beer we're actually going to review and rate this week. Uh, and it is called Hucket, H-U-C-K space I-T, uh, brewed by Big Sky Brewing out of Missoula, Montana. I am very familiar with their brewery. I have been there. I have oh. consumed their beers uh, in multiple states. Their Moose Drool Brown Ale mm-hmm. is a staple in, you just heard that commercial, in the Handlebars oh, yeah, uh, dude. Beer, beer Cheese. Uh, also, it's a, one of the best brown ales ever. They do Trout Slayer Wheat. Uh, they have just been known to kind of knock the base styles out of the absolute park. Yep. So Hucket, uh, I was very interested to try because it is uh, their seasonal offering. It's like a spring and summer release. It is a Huckleberry Blonde Ale that clocks in at 5%. Uh, with a rating on untapped of 3.86%, it is, let's see, let's see what they say on their website. Hucket delivers a clean, refreshing combination of tart and slightly sweet huckleberry flavors, perfect for kicking your feet up as the summer blends into autumn. So, Love it. this beer pours beautiful golden color, and the one thing I notice is it smells absolutely delicious. Does Bro, it? Bro, it, it smells like candy nectar Ooh, that sounds great right now um this beer reminds me a lot about um that boulevard beer that i drank all last jam summer. band you love jam band dude i still do jam band is so good oh, this smells like a joke dude doesn't it are you sure this is beer yeah it smells like like nectar Whoa. candy this yeah. is absurd so I'm actually on their website, and they have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. They have eight beers on their website, and like I, I don't know, think of a brewery like um, what's a good example? Uh, maybe Altamont, where they have like I probably like thirty or forty, right? Yep. And you've had some, but and some are hits and misses. I, I'm getting the impression that they put out kind of limited amounts of beers, but they're all like you were kind of suggesting, like pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like Moose Drill's great. Um, I've had Big Sky IPA. Um, and now try and huck it. Like, I think, I think we're onto something here. Yeah, me too, man. Have you tasted it yet? I have tasted it. And boy, let me tell you, I really like it. All right. Walk me through it. Uh, so it's, it smells like it's going to be incredibly like too sweet. Like it almost smells like a a hard candy of some sort, Yeah, it does. but then you drink it and it's got this like quenching golden ale vibe that doesn't have an over amount, overwhelming amount of sweetness. Uh, and then you get a ton of that that lingering, not sweetness, but almost like the smell and the the aftertaste is of the smell of what this beer smells like. And it, it just kind of stays with you and it makes your mouth just taste like this just delicious huckleberry blonde ale after you drink it. Yeah, man. I like blonde ales are kind of hit or miss for me. A lot of the time 
if they're not like a hoppy blonde, they'll end up being super, super malty. They'll just be like, yeah. and which is fine. Um, but maybe counterintuitively, very infrequently do I find a blonde ale that I'm just like, man, that's refreshing, like more. And this one is super refreshing. Maybe it's the huckleberry-ness of it, but there's no like, there's no heavy maltiness going on. Like it's yeah, super none at all. drinkable. Yeah, it's so crisp and clean. It's ridiculous. We, you know, we should, uh, we were, you and I were talking um, earlier today about getting sort of a catalog going of um, beers that we've covered on the show, partially so we don't repeat them. But I think it would also be fun just to like get a catalog going so that we could sort of categorize beers and look back on our favorites. Cause I literally have a filing cabinet right now of our notes. And like that's mm-hmm. a huge pain to try to go through. Like, well, what were our favorite beers of last year? Like, I'd love to be able to look at my favorite Blondales for the past three and a half years or whatever. And like, go yeah, buy totally. those. Like, let me just get one day when I've got nothing going on, like right now. Like, I'm just going to go out and buy all my favorite beers and just drink them. Yeah. But I want to know what those beers are because my memory is not that great because of how many favorite beers I have. Um, but, you know, this would be up there. This is so good. Yeah, exactly. This is super crushable. Uh, once we get up above 90, this is going to be a staple. I mean, <laughs> if it's still week. out and available. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, yeah, if this is, like I said, still available, I'm going to be pounding this. Once we can go floating on the river or just hanging out in the backyard barbecuing, it's it's really tasty. It's yeah. not overly fruity. It's not too sweet. It's not too malty. It's clear. It's crisp. Absolutely crushable. And like at 5%, it's got that going for it too. It's sessionable. Uh, there, there's not much wrong with this beer, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to find anything uh, off-putting. Um, My question to you would be. Sure. Could you drink more than like two or three of these? Because for me, I think that overwhelming huckleberry nose, um, I don't know. I might get tired of it after like two. Well, so my my thing would be if I'm drinking other styles of beers, that might be a problem. Like if I was switching between this and an IPA, I think that I'd have a real issue. But if I just got like a six, uh, did you, you bought these in singles, I take it? Yes. If this came in a six pack, which I, I feel like it probably does. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. Like. No, that's what I'm drinking. That sounds great. Um, because at 5% too, you're like, am I drinking this or like Rolling Rock or Coors Light or, so, or like any craft lager? Like I'd, I'd make a pretty good, pretty strong case for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. I guess it might just come down to affordability if I would keep drinking this over and over or like just come back to my tried and, tried and true White Claws. I right. White Claws this is cheaper than White Claw. Is it? Yep. That's not true. That can't be true. Yep. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well- I mean, that's pretty good, man. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm about this beer. It's very very tasty. Me too. I like it a lot. Do you uh, you want to rate it? I do, man. I think for me, oh, this is gonna be like an eight point seven. That's super super high. I love it. It's a yeah. It's it's a really solid beer. Like this is a memorably delightful Blondale. Like you said, so many times Blondales get too heavy and like bogged down and get kind of get in their own way, it seems like. For sure. Where they just try to be too much. Like, I want this to be thin and like not much. Like, yeah. Be okay with being a little bit. It's fine. All right. Yeah. And this, this, this beer is okay with where it needs to be in the scope of drinkable, crushable beers. And for me, that ranks pretty high, man. I'm going to be buying this again this summer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so f- you might not know this from the way I said, well, that's really high, but for me, it's a nine. 
Uh, super, yeah. super good beer. Yeah. My only little qualm is that like it does sort of sit like, you know how you're describing the like the potential overly sweetness just based on the nose. It's it's like that, but it does kind of sit with you at the end. Like, I don't get it when okay. I taste it, but there's like a, a little bit of heaviness specifically if we're getting in, uh, into the real nitty gritty right on the back of my tongue. Like it's just sitting a little bit too. And maybe that's the maltiness that I'm not tasting, but am sort of experiencing. Gotcha. But yep. that's, I mean, I that's, that. that's picking all of the nits. Mm-hmm. I think that's about all the nit there is to pick. I think so too. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's big sky brewings. Huck it. Um, how much was it by the way, dude? The single was like two fifty. Two fifty. Yeah, it's really cheap. That's uh, that's absurdly affordable. Well, like Big Sky's six packs are like seven or eight, like I think between seven and nine bucks. Are you always. kidding me? All the way from Montana, they're only that much. Yeah, like Moostrel's not that expensive. Trout Slayer's not that. I mean, maybe nine ninety nine at its most expensive. Dude, yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that's a great. That's a great price. Yeah, Big Sky is a fantastic brewery. I guess so, man. I they haven't really been on my radar, but uh, aside from Moostrel, really, like, but okay, I'll keep my eyes open. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's move right along. Putting that to bed. Let's move along. You son of a bitch uh, picked, <laughs> picked a movie this week, and again, like we're going back and forth. There's not too much out right now, and uh, you made a case for something that is a case that I would usually make, which is like. Hey, it's a feel good movie and we all need a feel good movie. And I don't mean to downplay that, but, uh, well, I, I won't even say more. I'm going to play you a trailer if that's okay, Johnny, uh, for trolls world tour. It's a sequel to a film called trolls, which I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think either of us have ever seen. Nope. <laughs> well, diving into the, into the sequel. So here's a trailer for that movie. Uh, and we'll be right back after that. Once upon a time, there were two trolls. They saved the world. Pretty cute, right? Not to me. I'm the type of cloud that goes for this sort of thing. Anywho, what Poppy and Branch didn't know was their world was a lot bigger than they thought. A lot, lot, lot bigger. There are other kinds of trolls. Our ancestors created six strings, each for a different type of music. Rock, country, techno, classical, funk, and hip-hop. Tiny, tiny diamond is my name. Diamond. Straight from my daddy's name. My, my, my body's made of glitter. And I'll throw it in your place. Peace and love, tiny and daddy. Ow. There's a world full of other trolls. How different can they be? Yeah. I'm going to unite the six strings. By the end of my world tour, I'm going to turn all the trolls into rock zombies. Rock and roll. We'll overpower them with glitter. She wants to destroy us. We need to unite the trolls to save all music. Let's sing them the most important songs in the history of music. This ought to be good. Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So who let the dogs out? You suck. I knew it. Who let the dogs out? Too far. Prepare for battle. Let's go save the world. Oh, I can stop the feeling. How are we going to hug our way out of this one? I will protect you no matter what. Pinky promise. 
<gasps> you can't go back on a pinky promise. A pinky promise. Dang. A smooth jazz troll? I'm being paralyzed by it. I can't feel my face. Okay, that was a trailer for Trolls World Tour, a film that two uh, people around 30 with beards have watched. Johnny. Yes. Why don't you uh, walk me through how you decided that we should watch this movie um, and then your reaction to it? Okay. Well, I put on this movie and was overcome by a sense of pure joy. (laughs) Uh, like I, I had just walked into like a candy store, uh, and I was like, you know, maybe having a bad day or just, it was just fine, flat even. And all of a sudden I was just elevated to this place of, uh, like multicolored sparkly joy. Uh, I was transported to this world of pure saccharine happiness and I wasn't ready for it and I didn't know what was happening and I had a Stupid grin on my face because <laughs> this movie made yeah, me yeah. unreasonably happy. Uh, just the music and the silly dancing, and um, in my, you know, I was thinking about it the next day, and since the days, the days since watching it, you know, and this movie was like a like a, a hard candy comfort blanket that they throw to someone in a mental institution to make them feel better. Okay. <laughs> and that's what this movie is in this quarantine. It's, right. it's this feel good, like comfort blanket. Like, okay, this is going to just take your mind off of everything and create this alternate reality where like problems can be solved. The world is linear. It's very like, you know, it's just it's so satisfying and enjoyable and wholesome and hum alongable uh and absolutely watchable in these our trying times that I could not do anything but put my foot down gently so and be like Max can we please do Trolls World <laughs> <Okay>. Tour <laughs> cuz I really loved it. Did I say did I say begrudgingly in my text or no? Uh I think you did. Begrudging? I don't remember if you said begrudgingly. I remember thinking I, I, about taking that out. I don't remember. Because uh, you, you mentioned, I was like, all right. Because I said something else too. I was like, all right, begrudgingly, yes, but also this other thing. And I can't remember the other thing now. But um, like, I'm, I'm really glad for one that you are so in favor of this movie. Because um, it's going to give me this opportunity to be the Scrooge that I never get to be on this podcast. And I'm very excited. <laughs> um, but maybe you're listening and you're like, and I swear to God, I, I'm trying not to say this anymore, but it seems applicable. Maybe you have kids and this is a movie that you have seen. The reason it's sounding familiar is because, and Johnny, you're not going to hear this because we're not together, but the song that made this franchise famous um, was a song produced and sang by Justin Timberlake and others. And I'm going to play in the background here. Um, and you'll probably recognize it because it's taken over the world in the past couple of years. Um, but like... I don't know, man. I was going into this because I knew this song that you're hearing now um, was a big part of this. Okay. And I was looking forward to like more original music and like cool stuff. Like the movie's all about like these rock and roll trolls are going to remove all the other kinds of music and we have to fight back. And 
it it turned out to be more of like a retread of like like almost in a cheesy karaoke way of like other rock songs and other songs throughout history and it just got really old for me real quick um mm. i sent you a time lapse last night around 4 a.m uh which is when i finished this movie uh, which already says a lot about maybe my state of mind watching it because as you pointed out when i started it you gambled in a text and you were like i'm i'm guessing you're not 100 percent sober which is true but who's counting um and like my my emotions ranged from kind of what you're describing like just pure joy there's a scene early on where this little fluffy thing from the rock troll shows up in the pop trolls zone and like rub its eyeballs which was so funny to me and then like another troll came up and they treated it the same way like they rubbed his eyeballs like i was busting <laughs> up but then there's a scene where a jazz troll sort of performs something similar to cunnilingus on his weird saxophone and there's a scene <laughs> where like in the country troll land a guy dies and lays into a coffin and I'm just like mouth wide. Like, what is this movie? And <laughs> like, I couldn't pick a lane cause I don't think the movie necessarily did. Um, it seems like a situation where the makers of the movie wanted to make it, uh, so that kids would love it, but also adults would get a kick. But the kick I got was very violent, uh, and weirdly too aware of reality. And there was way too much sexual shit in this one troll has a baby come out of his hair and that baby has a grown up voice and raps. And another one has a mean voice. It's, it was weird, man. It was weird after several vodka drinks. And I hate this movie. <laughs> I like you don't, I like to find it's just, yeah, you know, you, you didn't, I'm not it. watching Get it again. By the end, I was invested in the quest and was like, all right, let's see how this goes. But it took a good 40 minutes for me to be like, all right, I care. I might watch it again right now while we're recording. <laughs> uh, I can promise it won't distract you. There's nothing there uh, too complicated. I think we can both agree there, maybe. Yeah. But it's fine. Exactly. Like, like, the messages deep down are probably good for young kids. Like, like diversity is important, and it's it's nice to be different and have characteristics that set you apart from other people. And uh, maybe don't be mean. And, like, even if you are mean or the people being mean to you are probably just dealing with their own shit. So be kind to them. Yeah. I like that stuff. Yeah, that was the majority of the movie was the whole the whole point was that, you know, we need all the different genres of music and to make each other like it's it's all this big cohesive community. It was very uh, I feel like I should have been on mushrooms the whole time. It did. There was a lot of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. Like, I mean, I know you're probably on board for the um, the rock and roll trolls, but they scared me. <laughs> gotta be real like where they lived i was like i don't i do not want to hang out at that place um should we talk cast very briefly i wrote down the notes yeah why, why don't you run me through who's in this yeah so anna kendrick plays queen poppy justin timberlake plays branch uh other notables are james corden anderson pock pack pack yeah pack i don't know who that is oh uh, you kelly clarkson he's so good okay sorry kelly clarkson sam rockwell mary j blige yeah there's the cool thing about a movie like this is that you're traveling across this huge map of mystical lands and um you meet characters pretty frequently so they get to kind of drop in these sort of superstar bombs like james corden or kelly clarkson and sam rockwell it's like okay like it keeps your attention a little bit better than maybe a, a straightforward narrative would be like i think the original more was okay yeah see i need to watch the original I also I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I want to shout out the director. This guy named uh, Walt Dorn, who did the original in 2016. He was a co-director on that. And he also did something in 2010 called Donkey's Christmas Shrektacular, 
which I haven't seen, but I want to see that because, you know, what could that possibly be except gold? Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, Why don't you give me your out of 10 on Trolls World Tour, man? Out of 10, I mean... I yeah. get it that it wasn't like the best movie ever. Yeah, it was sure. it was pretty weird. Um, <laughs> it was so weird, man. Are you kidding me? There's so many yeah, weird moments in this. I know, but I liked it. Like yeah. there's this when the German trolls showed up, I lost my shit. Uh, refresh me more than that. They're like they're protecting yodeling. Oh sure, yeah, they're Swedish. Oh, they're like they're like dude. Scandinavian. I thought they were German. No, like yodeling is a, a Scandinavian thing. It's like Swedish and um, fin- Finlandian and Norwegian. That's like, you know, the Alps, the Swiss Alps. That's where yodeling happens. I, they were dressed up in lederhosen, though. Well, you can't be German and yodel. That, German I'm pretty sure like, you can, dude. No, you got to be there's, like Rammstein. There's That's, mountains in Germany. What kind of music is Rammstein? Rammstein. Uh, like techno industrial. Yeah, that's German music, if you ask me. Yeah, okay. But like, like not polka. Have well, you ever listened to polka? It's like all the vocals are yodeling, bro. Yeah, but where are polka singers from? Not Germany. Yeah, dude. Germany is huge with polka. Is it? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, no, I guess not. I'm, yeah, bro. I'm Googling where is yodeling from. And they say Switzerland. Google does. Okay. But where is polka from? Well, let me look that up too. Why not? We got nothing going on. <laughs> Uh, polka is from the Czech Republic. So sure. But it's German too, bro. Slovakia, Hungary, Poland. Yeah. Austria, Romania, probably Germany. Mm-hmm. What a time, man. A lot of music, yeah. a lot of music in this. I think most of it, not very good, but that's, you know, my own, my own shit, I guess. Yep. <laughs> so out of 10, <laughs> out of 10, uh, this movie's like, <laughs> It's like an eight one for me. Eight point one. Yeah, I loved it, oh, dude. Come on. All right, fine, fine. It's fine. Live your truth. This is the happiest I've been watching a children's movie since Moana. Are you sure not since Onward? Because I'm pretty sure you gave that a ten. Yeah, Onward was dope too. You just like kids' movies, man. You like all of them. Whenever they come out, you're like, I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> no, there's been some that were terrible. I don't think so. You're a softie for kids' movies. Maybe I just like simple stories, man. They just, they comfort me. Yeah. I mean, I get that too. They're like, they're like the comfort food of movies. Like if a movie could be biscuits and gravy, like Onward was biscuits and gravy. Yeah. This was, this was like a bag of jelly beans. Okay. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is for sure candy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. 8.1 for you. Very, very high. (laughs) Uh, It's, you know, it's a six for me. Like. All the stuff that weirded me out, and there was plenty of it. If you, if you, I don't know, are you going to post that time lapse on our Instagram? Oh, yeah. It's already posted, bro. Oh, okay. Well, there's moments where I, I was explaining to you, like, pretty drunkenly last night, I was, like, going in and freezing the uh, the frame to extend it because the iPhone d- records it too fast, whatever. Um, I, I almost wanted to count it. Like, there's almost equal numbers of me smiling to me, like, cringing in horror throughout this movie because there's so many weird things. And maybe that's just getting older, you know? Maybe that's part of it. Who knows? That's possible. Regardless. You just didn't get it. It's, you just didn't get it, bro. <laughs> it's a six for me. You know, it's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Moving on? Moving on. You're married. Yes, I am. You take that one. That's it. I'm married. That that's was just, Okay, I'm it. sure that's not that's it. Not, I don't set no. you up that well. You better spike this. 
Yeah, so uh, we had our third wedding anniversary in quarantine style. Not you and I, you uh, and your wife. Yes. Cool. Uh, And that was a source of both being hot and bothered because we were supposed to be out of town. So there was like the bittersweet, like, oh, I'm supposed to be in Portland drinking Mm -hmm. beer right now. But also, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Like the world is the way it is right now and you can't change it. And it sounds like a privileged, you know, first world problem to have that I couldn't take my little vacation. But you Mm -hmm. know what? They're the only problems I have and I'm going to complain about them. Fair enough. (laughs) But you can be upset about multiple things. That's fair. Exactly. But there's varying degrees of upsetness. But yeah, we had a nice day. It was good. So shout out to to her for putting up with me for three years. And she's been a part of the podcast here and there. So if you heard some of the bonus stuff, she's been on here. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good three years. And it was fun thinking back to that day. And and you were there. I was there. You know, that was a fantastic party at the Winchester Goose. Which is closed. uh, Place. That I also miss. Yeah. So there's a lot of like mixed feelings like, oh, I'm, you know, nostalgic for the goose and my friends. You know, it's it's one of those days where I would have loved to have been more social, go out for a beer, see some people. So Uh, but it was good. It was an interesting bag of mixed emotions, just like this movie. What? a Okay, you're really just tying it back in. All right. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Something tells me, though, that there was something even more bothering than perhaps not going to the bar uh, and lovely local watering hole where you got married. And that sounds like maybe it's something to do with the government. Yeah, the government's been um, less than stellar right now. Uh, But there's actually been some breaking news in that since even we last spoke. So I'm going to tell you the... The, the backstory and then I'll, I'll tell you the news. Okay, good. Great. Um, so yeah, I've been trying to deal with, I'm un, unemployed right now, technically. Uh, so I've been dealing with unemployment and dealing with banks, uh, and whatnot. Cause like my unemployment debit card hasn't showed up yet and it's been a month and there's all kinds of wonky stuff going on that right. shouldn't be. Uh, and if well, you, cause you got, not- you got your bank information stolen. Oh, uh, that was, yeah, my personal bank account. Isn't that got, why you don't have your debit card? No, oh. I got a new debit card from my personal bank. Got it. But when you sign up for unemployment, they issue you a Bank of America uh, card that's specifically for your unemployment account. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm going to be getting like a brand new one with just the money from that on it that got I can it. transfer to my bank or whatever. Um, and it's been a month and I hadn't gotten that yet. And it's also been a month and I haven't gotten anything from unemployment yet. Like there's just all kinds of glitches happening. And, you know, I've been told by so many people to just, oh, you know, wait, like they've got right like millions for 2.4 million people in California dealing with this stuff right now. Right. Um, but I got fed up and I got really involved in some online forums and uh, some some groups that on Reddit that are dealing with all the same stuff. And uh did a bunch of research and found out that people that had had the exact same problems resolved them in this way, what to do, who to call. Uh, so I ended up calling a bank of America last night and was on the phone with them from midnight until like one forty-five in the morning. Right. Uh, on hold and got my debit card on the way. Cause they apparently were just waiting for me to call and confirm my address, which they already had. Sure. on file. Cool. Thanks guys. Um, so that was like moderately annoying, but like I got it taken care of. Uh, but then today, yeah, the, the trying to get a hold of unemployment was, um, an adventure. 
I'm sh- yeah. Sounds massive like adventure. Yeah, yep. they're just they're they're so overloaded. Like I can't even complain specifically uh, because they're so overloaded. Like I'm sure they're all doing the best they can. Yeah, but the simple fact is there's so many people trying to call right now, and I'm fortunate where like I'm not in a situation at the moment where like this is vital. Uh, like I don't need it to pay my rent right now, but like I will eventually. So it's like just trying to get this started has been, um, a process where it should have already been done. I thought I did what I had to do. Long story short or long, uh, I ended up, uh, it's like trying, if you remember and you're, uh, not a terribly young person having to like call over and over to win a radio contest. Yeah. It's you want exactly tickets to see like, Blink-182? You called 90 right? times between 6 yeah. and 6.03 a.m. Yep. It's a thing. It's exactly it like was. that, except you're calling. I think I called combined today probably 250 times. That's so wild. Give or take. Yeah. Um, and you're calling just to be able to have the option to be put on hold. <laughs> And then to possibly get hung up on accidentally? Yeah. Yeah. So I got through. You have to call over and over and over until you get a menu. Because, like, in the first sentence, the guy in the recording will either say, welcome to the unemployment, blah, blah, blah. And that's bad because that will just talk for two minutes and then hang up on you. Right. And then you could get this other one that says, welcome to California's da-da-da-da-da. You're just waiting for this voice on the phone to say California. Right. Right. Um. Well, that happens one in maybe 50 calls. Yeah. So sucks, I'm man. calling and I'm calling and I'm calling. I finally get one. You probably got lucky the, when you think about I it. I got, I probably did, or just I was so persistent. I just was stubborn and did it for an hour. Yeah. Like and a half straight, just like viciously over and over. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm liking, to, I'm hoping to think persistence paid off. But yeah, mm-hmm. I finally get through just to get put on hold and then wait for 20 minutes. And then they say, there's too many people on hold. Pla- try again later. That's, Goodbye. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I did that. I did that like four times trying yeah, to get that's through. That's so intense, man. Yeah. And then I finally got through to a person after like an hour and 45 minutes. And we kind of get to the bottom of what's going on. And he thinks he has it solved. And he's like, I just have to transfer you to this other person. So they can make a final change on your account, and mm-hmm. then you're good to go. Yep. You get transferred, get disconnected. Yeah. And then I'm like, all right, I'll just call back. It's fine. This is fine. Everything's it's fine. It's all fine. What, what can you do, you know? Yeah, everything's fine. And then I did that again, went through the whole process multiple times, and then finally got put on hold, waited mm-hmm. for like 15 minutes, and then got told that the office was closed and they hung up on me. Yeah. It yep. just makes a guy feel special. Yeah, something like that. Um, so, yeah, that really, like, it was so infuriating. I couldn't do anything but just giggle. Yeah, like, yeah, this is, right. This is, <laughs> I just, I, I broke a little inside. This is it, like, yeah. Yeah, this, this is my life now. Yeah. Um, but something really crazy happened that I wasn't expecting. Uh, while we were getting our notes together for the show, I got a call from a number I didn't recognize from uh, San Diego area code. And you answered. And I answered. And I answered, obviously, because okay. I've got yeah, sure. tons of stuff out there in the world. Like, you want to talk to me? Can you help me with something? What do you, what do you got? Right. Um, 
And it was the unemployment worker that I had spoken to this morning that I finally gotten through to. Yeah. So shout the fuck out to Brian at the unemployment (laughs) office that wrote my shit down when he's like, he's what's that? Did you tell him about the show? I didn't tell him about the show. I was a little preoccupied. If he heard it here, I know. It'd be great. Um, Right. Yeah. Uh, So this guy takes the time. It's it's their office closed at three. They're only open for four hours a day. And I realize now that they're only taking calls for four hours a day so they can deal with all the shit they have to call back. Yeah. Issues they have to solve for like the rest of their day. So I'm like immediately less mad than I was before. And also I wasn't mad at that guy in the first place because he was super chill and he was trying to help me. Um, sure. so this dude calls me back and he, I can know he's been working on issues for like the last three hours yeah. uh, and takes the time to call me back and run me through my stuff and like fix what was wrong. And he's like, if it didn't work, call back and then we'll get it taken care of tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. Cause cool. their website's been down off and on. So I wasn't able to like log in and confirm that it was fixed. Sure. Um, but just the fact that like there's two and a half million people trying to get this shit straight and like this dude took time and like made me feel like my stuff mattered and like took the time and the care like the customer service like with the state and the government might not always be the best but like it made me feel really damn good to have him take the time and call back and be like i felt really bad that your call got dropped like i wanted to help you and call right back but i couldn't because there was just calls coming in and i couldn't do anything about it at that moment yeah and i'm like shit dude like you're just trying to help people every day i'm like dude i appreciate you calling now like it's all good yeah that's tight so it was a really cool thing to have him actually call back and like follow up and like i felt like a person not just one of right. two and a half million cogs in yep. a wheel that are trying to get by so shout out to him man and uh the fact that they're giving him time to follow up on issues and, yeah. and handle things one by one, it's it's cool. Like you might think that everyone's given up on you and like the state doesn't care and you know, I'm not gonna get political at all because that's not what this is about. But it's Politics. more like sorry, you know yep, yep. there's still good people out there that wanna help and that will call you back when they don't have to. Fair. Because I could have very easily had to just go through all that shit again tomorrow. Yep. So yeah. Shout out to him. So that was a bother that turned into a hot. That was a pretty cool Fair, thing. Fair, man. Nice. So that's me, man. What do you got? What's got you hot? What's got you bothered? What's got you fired up? What have mm. you been doing with your free time? Tell well, me some information. Yeah, I just have a quick hot. Um, Gianna, my wife, is is infamously in our groups of friends uh, good at Mario Kart on basically on all platforms, but lately the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's um, annoying. It's annoying. And she likes to play it with me and I will do it because of love, but never do I win. Almost never. Um, Until she said, well, if you're so tired of losing, you should practice. And I said, you know what? I will. Uh, Short version of this is that we decided we would start keeping track. Every time we play a series of races, be it four races or 48 races, it's worth one point. And uh, the idea being like a year from now, five years from now, we see who's ahead. Maybe we use those points to gamble. Oh, you want to eat at this restaurant? I will give you two points from Mario Kart if you let us eat at this restaurant, that kind of thing. Um, okay. The second layer to that is we also sometimes place bets. This is usually when we're drinking. And somehow the two or three times we've already bet, 
I have bet that if I win, Gianna has to play one of my favorite video games during this quarantine, Borderlands 3, with me. She has to start a character and play with me. So we're like on level seven or eight in our characters, and she's she's put in some hours on Borderlands, and it's just been such a treat. Nice. I figure if I can't get you to play, I'll get my wife to play with me. That's that's absolutely fair. Yeah. Uh, that's my that's my hot this week. Nice. Anything got you bothered? No. No kidding. No time for it. I love it. I like your style. Did you eat that chili yet? No, I didn't have time. You gave it to me right when I was coming back here. That's true. Yeah, yeah I'm going to eat it after this. Chili recipe is getting there. I think it's my eighth my eighth chili so far. And I think it's I'm very excited. I just used, excited I used that beer, and I shouldn't have used the beer. It makes it too smoky. So my ninth version is going to be, I think, perfect. The thickness on this All one, right. though, oh, it's where it's at. It's where nice. it's at. You got a good, some good viscosity. Yes. You I see what happens do. when you slow cook it like that, right? Well, yeah, like yeah. It's the way to go. The move. Yeah. Um, Hell I yeah. think I think we should get into the danger zone. What do you think? Yeah. You want to get into the big spoilers and the surprise twist ending? All right. Let me, let me at tour. least let me throw the, the sound bite in. I'm tossing it in here. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Welcome. Um, I don't have much to say about trolls. There's not much to say, man. Like it's, yeah, it's exactly what you think it is. You know, yeah. There was no real big twist. I think I like the way it ended. I think sure. it had a nice message to it, and I thought it was really cool. And they were all singing together, and like the rock troll that was all sad and still black and white. Like she threw her a guitar. Like ah, oh, that was cool. I yeah, loved yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it ended quite well, but I think we should talk about the more pressing issue, which is how Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That is 100% what I want to talk about, so, because what the actual fuck? Spoilers for uh, Snowpiercer coming up. If you haven't seen yes. it, please go watch it. It's so good. It's been seven years. Um, what I'm going to do, Johnny, is I was thinking about how to explain this to you, and I'm just going to read along with the video essay that I watched that inspired me to believe this. Okay. So, First of all, my friend, uh, both Snowpiercer and Willy Wonka are movies about groups of people that work their way uh, through a large, uh, fantastic structure. And one by one, a person from the group is removed in each room until only one person makes it to the very end. Willy Wonka, that was Charlie. uh, In Snowpiercer, that was Chris Evans' character, yes. Uh, Then they find out the entire thing was a test because this wealthy dude at the end needed to find his successor. Are you with me so far? Holy shit. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this is the tip of the iceberg. He says at the end of the movie, uh, the parts went extinct. There used to be mm. a little creature or he doesn't say creature, but like now we have to use kids. The parts went extinct. Those are fucking Oompa Loompas. This train was made to be powered by Oompa Loompas. Also, like if you look at the Wonka factory, there's a giant W for Wonka. If you look at the train, there's a giant W for Wilfred, it's there's so many parallels, man. Bruh, I'll send That's you a link to the wa- video. It's so good. Yeah, I'm gonna like, have to watch that. Like, it's there are almost no holes in this theory. I've watched it probably oh. four times in the past couple of years, and it's it's convinced me so much. Huh. All right. Well, I'm gonna need to see that immediately <laughs> for sure. So I can. Div- <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna go deep on that. I yeah, can tell. you have to. Um, any final thoughts uh, this week on anything that we've talked about? Uh, I don't think so, man. We've talked so much. Yeah, it's been a long one. For it sure. Has. I liked it, though. It was good. We had a lot to talk about. 
I will tell you for as as little as we've been doing. I know. I will tell you that this episode wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. I'll I'll let you know Boom. that right now. Tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to add at all? Maybe unrelated. Uh, no, man. I'm looking forward to next week. Looking forward to seeing what movies we scrounge up. Keep watching movies. Uh, join Letterbox, please, for the love of God. Yeah, yeah, please. That'd be great. Uh, it's fun. You have nothing else to do. Sure. Just see what everyone's watching. It's a good time. Write some reviews. It'll make you feel important. It's good. In the meantime, that's Johnny Summers. And that's Max Minardi. This has been our final recap of Beer Madness. Can't wait to do it again next year. Uh, congrats once again to Hexagenia and Fall River. Uh, and I think we're out of here. So cheers, guys. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.